And we're live with another episode. What is right. up, Rami? We've got Rami, Larry's friend. Larry, it's probably more appropriate so, that you friend, brother, practically family. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we Rami Mamari. Just give us a little, little something about yourself. So I am 26 years old, and uh, I'm a jeweler. I work with my dad. We have a we have a business in uh, Nanuet. So um, my dad actually started it back in 1987. Um, and graduated from Montclair State University, entrepreneurship uh, minor, major in business management, and um, just recently actually doing GIA. So that's um, the Diamond School, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm, um, I'm seeing so many of these TikTokers and so many of these like social media people walking around with those diamond testers. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? <laughs> that li little pen thing, and they're testing rappers... Uh, jewelry and diamonds to make sure whether they're real right. or not yeah so that's like an actual device that you guys use or is that like a it is it okay. is now also because of the man-made diamonds and stuff too that's it's a, it's a huge thing now like making sure what you're buying is real yeah yeah absolutely um, so yeah it's, it's a huge a, part of the business are you a football guy yeah did you watch the super bowl i did oh i did what do you think who are you rooting well, for listen you can't who are you I, i'm curious both because I don't, I don't know either of you who are you rooting for first just uh, FYI, he's if he can marry Tom Brady, he would. I really <laughs> would. I really would. Tom Brady, if you're available, well, he's willing to change his, his last name to no, Brady. Listen, you can't, you can't mess with greatness. I mean, when you, you when you have a track record of doing something so well for so long, you can't deny it. So, so, so I assume you were going for Brady. I'm a Brady. Awesome. Fan. And Larry, Larry's gonna hate right now. He's just gonna say, <laughs> "No, I would, the Steph Curry looking schmuck." I wasn't. Really, really oh my god. <laughs> And uh, thank you so much. We've had three episodes, <laughs> and we're, we're already canceled. Our Thanks demographics say 90% of our viewers are Chief fans. Uh, well, no. okay. <laughs> but uh, no, yes, I was rooting for Brady because greatness, yeah. yeah. You can't doubt greatness. I mean, listen, Mahomes might be great in the future, but right now, he's the guy. He's the GOAT. But yeah, this he's, is, he's still young. He's got a full career ahead of him. Exactly. But this is for the conversation. Like, if you're going to, this is like the guy that people are saying that's going to be the, the next quote unquote GOAT, right? So when you have the GOAT against someone who's people are trying to hype up to be the GOAT eventually, yeah. right? That, that, that matchup matters because yeah. when you beat the guy that, like, you know, people are saying is going to be, is better than mm -hmm. you, right? You got to, you got to put a statement on it. Right. And yeah. that's it. And that, and that conversation is going to be dead in the I, future because when you lose twice against the guy you're being compared against, like, there's no conversation. Right. I do wish it was a little bit of a better game. Because it, it wasn't terrible exciting. Game. Yeah, terrible it, game. It wasn't exciting at all. Um, awful lot of flags. A lot of flags. Right? Yeah. Especially for the for the Chiefs. Seems yeah. like somebody I mean, got paid or something. <laughs> when your team's not in the Super Bowl, you definitely just want a good game. Yeah. And the storyline helped it, but yeah, it was just a it just died out at the end, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, Brady is the GOAT. I'm a Brady fan. <laughs> I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad we've addressed this at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. That means the rest of the episode is going to be great while Larry's just upset in his corner. All right, Sorry, do you bro. have a, a specific football team that you're into? or I just watched the playoffs. How about you, Rami? Uh, I like the Giants. The Giants? Yeah, Giants fan. Interesting. Giants fan rooting for Brady. That's I didn't think Well, because when you... You know, the, he already beat him twice, right? So, like, the more this yeah. guy gets put up, okay. it's actually better okay. for the Giants. I, I love how for me. every Giants fan always brings up the two times that 
Whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> well, again, I, back, we don't doubt greatness. So I respect greatness wherever it is. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. And I noticed you did say you went to MSU. Monday. I went to MSU. How did yeah. you like it? Loved it. And Loved you said it. you studied entrepreneurship? I had a double minor in entrepreneurship and Arabic, actually. Interesting. Um, yeah. And then I had a major in uh, business management. Um, it was the school itself, very diverse. They're building it like crazy now. The, oh, pro yeah. the entrepreneurship program is amazing. So I um, had a great time there. I actually worked, you know, throughout college and then did it at night, night classes. So. And I assume you worked with your dad at, yes. the, at the jewelry shop? Yep. How is that like? Like, wh what's it like? What, first off, when did you start working? So I started working back when I was 20. Okay. Um, I kind of like freshman year, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Okay. Just, you know, like every other kid in college, you know. Um, and I had the family business. So I just had always been in and out. And finally, it was just starting to take it seriously. And life just kind of came together at that point, like freshman, sophomore year. Mm. And I realized that it was such a big opportunity that I had in front of me and I needed to take it. So I got into it and started working. Now it's been almost what, since I was 20, I was six, six years, years. Yeah. six years. So do you feel like it passed by quick? First off, you said you, you took it up. So yeah. you actually, this is a scenario where you're born into a family business and you actually are excited to take over. Yes. Very are, are you taking over or is the plan eventually to take over? So taking over is a very, I guess, territorial type of term to put You're it. Right. But yes, I'm yeah. very excited to maybe one day take charge. But I very much am excited to do it with my dad. You know, like I know Larry's close. Lawrence is close with his dad. So, um, you know, it's it's very much something I want to do for him, not just for myself, you know, build a legacy. So. So yeah, I was actually gonna say your story is very relatable to me because uh, I I I'm, I I was at a crossroads in like in your position. In my essence, I actually didn't enjoy his business <laughs> at all, so I didn't want to go into that. Um, I just didn't connect with it. I couldn't see myself doing it. Yeah. My question to you is like, because I th I think you and I both can relate to this. Where when you're young, coming into the business, you know, to your father's business, and you know you have. I'm sure there's employees that have been there, you know, for ages with, with your father. Right. So how do you deal with the like fact that they've seen you when you were a kid and now you're in a position of, I, I don't want to really say authority, but you know, more respect. Right. And how, how do you deal with that? Cause in, for me, they've seen me when I was like a dumb kid. <laughs> right. Now that's like, taken seriously. Now, yeah. Now that's they got to the take me seriously. Like, yeah. how do you, yeah. How do you deal with that? That's part of the problem. And it's, it's about earning it. You know, it's, it's hard to have someone that you've known for so long look at you differently. Um, but as you start to dig your feet in and really establish yourself in the business and show that you actually care, then I think that transition starts to begin. You know, like it's, it's not overnight. And still to this day, I feel like I'm earning it. But going to school, going to GIA, getting the certification, you know, showing up every day, working hard, adding new ideas. That's what will solidify, you know, you and me, you know, in the business with our, with our families, you know? So it's, um, it's something I look forward to, but it, it has its negatives, you know? Mm. Um, I don't, do you have a family business or no? No, uh, no, starting one. 
There you go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, And then hopefully uh, one day the kids have to take over that. That's way in the future. This is the family business here. So you got to listen to me. I'm going to take as much wisdom from you as I can. But you did mention, so adding fresh ideas, right? Yeah. You're fresh blood. You said your dad started this business 1980 what? Seven. 1987. Yeah. And so, you know, a business in 1987 extremely different than a business in 2021 right because yeah. we've got the social media we've got you know the technological age right what are you kind of doing to you know add that element that new fresh you know trying to adapt bring the the business from point a to what you want to do which is point b right it's um it's definitely a huge obstacle even though i i'm pretty tech savvy with Instagram. And now I have built my own website, um, and, and Facebook and all these things that we grew up using just for fun now is a huge tool in business. Um, but finding that, um, thing that makes you different is, is very, very important because now we can, we could probably all agree that it's pretty saturated on social media I now. I feel like everything is saturated. Yeah. Like every it, business. It's and very it's really saturated. Hard to stand out. Like you, you look at something on Instagram and then, you know, you see the same thing of it all over Instagram and yeah. you're like, all right, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like I find myself looking for what's behind the business, what's about the business, where are these where did the business come from. So social media itself, I'm looking at it differently. I'm not looking at it like I need to post this post today. Now I'm looking for more of like quality content, like Mm -hmm. posting about, you know, the store and how we started and and the actual meaningful stuff that sets us apart. Because otherwise, you know, you want you want to watch, you can go get a watch anywhere. But it's about the story behind it and where you got it and who you're getting it from. So. Is that so? Is that where you're taking advantage of our generation, where like right. they actually care about like the meaning behind what they're exactly. purchasing from? But then, are, is there also a counter like thing against you, where our generation may spend is probably spending less money than the generation, you know, like our fathers? Yeah. When it comes to like especially rings and stuff like that, where people like you know, people are like, you know, do I really need to spend this much money on a ring? Right. Right. No, it's it's a valid point. I mean, the rings are getting crazy. I don't know if you guys know how much rings are at right now, but <laughs> no, tell us. Yeah, you guys don't have you. You guys haven't been ring shopping lately, have you, <laughs> Larry? I don't know if we can say this on air, but <laughs> soon. Yeah, I mean that's why the price has gotten to a point where it's shifting the market now like diamonds people are looking for man-made diamonds right Mm -hmm. people are looking for alternative routes to the same traditional thing that has been sold over time so Mm -hmm. it's it's something where we have to adapt to as well but people also have to understand the the value of what they're purchasing you know that's where i feel you know, if we could talk about it today too, it really opened people's eyes up to what they're actually buying. Cause on Instagram, what I see is a lot of just quote unquote fake or costume jewelry, you know, and it gets thrown in the mix and you don't even know what you're buying anymore. Let's you get into it. I w- please expand on like, you know, what do Absolutely. people need to be looking for? What are they missing out on and what they need to understand before they make a purchase? I'm going to start writing like notes. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, so basically, f- 
for example, you see a ring on Instagram, it says 14 carat, right? Now that can mean different things. 14 carat gold is actually a percentage of pure gold, which is 24 carat. And mm. they, it's a stamp on jewelry um, to show that it's, it's um, a certain percentage of gold. So 14 over 24 is 58%. So a ring that's stamped 14 carat should be 58% gold. Now that same ring could look the same but be 14 karat gold filled or gold plated, right? So you have something that a consumer thinks is gold, 14 karat, but it's plated. Hmm. So that now ring that looks the same could be $20 versus $200. And that's where a lot of the mix up is coming. Um, they see something for a certain price and it's 14 karat. And, but the deception of the description is what is throwing people off. They think they're buying gold. Ooh. I see. So, so then, how do you how do you tell the difference? So, number one, buying from someone who's reputable, or knowing enough to ask the right questions. So you you know if you see a listing that says fourteen carat, you want to see if it's actually fourteen carat solid gold or is it plated. Um, that's that's something that you know you can learn or you can go to someone and and they should be able to tell you and is that usually something you could deduce from the price like you look at a price and be like yeah there's no way yeah exactly so if something that's 14 karat gold plated it should not be nearly as much as something that's real gold yeah that makes sense what what would you say is now we're, we're talking about rings from mm -hmm. the list of jewelry what's like your favorite thing to talk about i'm i'm, I'm guessing watches i love watches okay so now that i have to, <laughs> I have to ask yeah because I know, so actually, I, I recently, a couple months ago, started getting into watches. Um, Good for you. First watch, a Seiko. Got to stay, you know, like humble. Got to start at zero, you no, know. No, I love Seikos it. Seikos are pretty decent. <laughs> um, it's a good watch. No, they are. it's because I saw a watch on, on Larry's hand, which was an Oris. And he had... Th Beautiful this is kind watch. Of how, yeah. Beautiful okay, watch. Go ahead, flex it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm are not you wearing flexing it. Right now? Are you wearing it? It's under the table. No, you did this. I'm showing. I'm wearing the no, watch. It's okay. It's all right. I'm I got it. I got it from him. I got it. Yeah, that's him. what I'm Listen, saying. That's, these guys got to show it off a little bit, you know. Well, that's that's <laughs> what a watch is. It's a it's a it's a statement piece. Yep. Yep. And so that's that's kind of how you came into the equation. He actually right. told me how how you you sold him the watch. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious, what what do you look for in a watch? What? Because there's so much that goes into yeah. a watch. There's yeah. the movement. There's the face. There's the bezel. There's there's yeah. so much. What but, what goes into you? Yeah, like not from like a niche interest, but more so of like objective. Like I look at salmon and I can say objectively what makes this a solid salmon. Good salmon. So yeah. what do you look at it in a watch and tell people about a watch right. that you say this is objectively a good watch? Right. Um, I would first say, obviously, you know, to break down the watch, to understand the watch, you got different, different parts, right? So you have the movement, which is the main engine of the, the watch, the mechanism, right? right. So. A finer watch would be something that's automatic or self-winding, something that um, is wound or ticks off your movement, um, which, you know, a, as opposed to like a battery-operated movement is is a finer movement. You also want to buy something that's Swiss-made. You know, the, you have different um, areas where watches are made now. Now, German engineering now is is like what's expected for cars. Now, different cars are starting to get better and progress in the way that they make things, but traditionally, it's always been Swiss-made um, watches. Um, now, there's other things that with a watch, besides the movement and besides the, um, 
the actual origin of its make, it's a lot of objective, you know, like, what do you like as far as design? Um, but the materials and the way it's made have a lot more to do with the watch than anything else. Hmm. Um, then you have a huge portion of style. That's, that's really the main driver, the style. And also what we talked about before the history of it, you know, we have Rolex, right? You know, Rolex household name, household name, yeah. the watch itself, you could replicate the watch, you know, uh, as far as the looks and the quality of the make and everything, but Rolex will always sell more. Yeah. Right. Cause the name, so it's almost like a brand. Um, you're buying the the name and the history and and also like the the um, the intangibles. You know, there's so much there's so much that you can't just replicate in another watch. It's like when someone buys a Ferrari. It's the fact that they can say my my car is handmade or you know handmade. You know. Yes, handmade. Um, for sure, some essence of that, right? Where it's like the craftsmanship behind the thing that you're wearing. Exactly. People I'm, buy into stories. Stories. Especially from a marketing standpoint, like what you said before, um, trying to make uh, the business stand out. Right. People buy into stories. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what do you guys think? Of, I would like to hear what you guys think about like buying a watch. Like, what do you look for? Do you look more for like a style, or you look more for like uh, high quality craftsmanship? Or I got a lot of people too that come in and say, "What's what watch am I going to buy? And I'm not going to lose the most money on." Mm -hmm. You know. As Something far as appreciation, value, yeah. yeah, retain the value. Like, what's most important to you guys? What do you think? I would like to hear what you well, guys we're, think. We're actually starting to see it. Well, I don't, I don't think we're starting to see this. I think this has already existed for a while where people are, are seeing watches as investment pieces where right. they're buying it at a certain price and in a couple of years it's appreciated and it's worth double its value or whatever. Well, when, you're, right. when you're watch shopping, Mina, what are you looking for? That's actually a really good question. Um, <laughs> First off, I'm totally with you with the automatic. Yeah. Like just the idea of, hey, this watch is surviving based on my mo my movement alone. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know what an automatic is, um, essentially there's like a pendulum in the, in the back, right. and and as it uh, spins and rotates and whatever, it winds uh, and it allows the watch to continue without battery power. But definitely automatic. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it, it it's just like that split second. That just attracts me. Like I, I don't know what it is. I can't give you a list of things. Right. When I saw his watch, I fell in love immediately. Right. I started looking at Oris's uh, right. website that same day. Um, yeah, that's I, I, I don't know if I have any particular style in mind. Mm -hmm. I do like my watches a little bit, like maybe like a forty mil or a forty two mil. I like them a little the bit. The size bigger. is important. Yeah. Size I, is I don't important. Want them too small. It's like it's like pants. Like you got to get the right size to fit you. Exactly. You know? And everybody has different wrist sizes and, and exactly. things like that. Which one do you got yeah. again? Let's this see. This is the big crown pointer date. The Oris big crown it's pointer. Beautiful. Date. So my thing was when I picked this watch was, so I didn't know anything about the watch brands. I knew Rolex was a brand, and and then I was like. You know, not yet. <laughs> Rolex was it's Rolex. A, it's a pretty pricey. It's like what the range of between fifteen hundred to twenty four hundred. Those watches. But it is. But it's it's one of those things where like you know we were talking about cryptocurrencies before this. Like yeah. <laughs> talking about retaining value. This thing will retain its value uh, if you take care of it, made. right? Um, so exactly. So with so I was like I had a certain price range with so when I heard about Oris, another Swiss company, and I. And I was told by you and my friend Mario was like, you know, there's a really solid history behind Horus. They're 
um, there are no like new new company or anything like that. I just decided to make watches. Or there, and the other thing he was emphasizing to me is you want to get a watch from people who just make watches. You don't want a fashion right. like the thing he was trying to explain to me. And I think what people just don't realize sometimes is that when you're buying something as precious as a watch, you don't want to make it where buy it from a company that makes other things where it's not their priority necessarily only uh, to make watches, but they make anything else. And their carry is like, oh, you're buying, I don't know, what's like yeah. a typical fashion brand like watch that people buy? Uh, Michael, Michael Kors. Kors. Michael, Michael Kors. Kors. See that? Yeah. Can't stand it's, it's like a known thing. <laughs> Michael Kors. And, yeah. and uh, I'm not much of a Movado guy. Yeah, yeah. So then when people are saying, I have a Michael Kors brand, people are like, oh, wow, this must be a great watch. It's Michael Kors, right? Yeah. But if you look at it under the hood, it's... A generic. It's not nothing much. And not special. to knock it, you know, it's it's to each their own. It's more of a style that they're shopping. Yeah. So when you get to a certain point, you know, you got to, you know, really understand what you're looking for. If you're just shopping for a style watch, then that's not a bad thing. But to your point, exactly. Oris, for example, one of the brand that you decided to go with, they've been around since 1904. All they do is watches. All their watches are automatic. And the story behind them, they actually, um, part of their brand is, part of it is diving, and another part is aviation, and they actually have a, a smaller part that's racing. Mm -hmm. And they do really cool stuff. Like, their diving brand uh, collection of, of Oris, they actually started making, um, they started taking plastic out of the ocean, and they started putting in their watches as part of a program to clean up the oceans. Pretty oh, cool. wow. That's so awesome. they have like actual like real stuff that they're they're using to help the world with their brand you know what i mean they're 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 really in touch with what we i feel as a as a younger generation care about yeah so you feel good buying an oris exactly you know I mean? and and it's like and then that so the the name the brand that comes behind it the other thing i was looking for is like does this just look like any other watch that i've seen so i think what caught my eye the most was like the the chapel hands and the blue face and particularly the days that go around the rim right. around it right and the font i think also that someone people don't also like think about is font choice on a watch uh i don't know if like that's something you particularly like uh, yeah yeah preference but yes it's huge because you got to be able to read it as well oh, you yeah, gotta I, be saw, I saw this seiko the other day in arabic uh <laughs> numerals Oof. But you're absolutely right. Oris does. I, I, I prefer. So like I said, before we actually start talking, I'm a, a, a pilot. And so I was looking into their aviation watches. And for the non aviator, uh, you wouldn't realize how many uh, uh, subliminal aviation uh, pieces they they put into that watch like the hands, right? The hands are actually very similar to the vacuum gauges that you would find in like an an ordinary plane. I'm not talking about like jumbo jets or anything. I'm talking about like Cessnas, the smaller aircrafts. They've got the same hands. They've got the same uh, font for the face, and and it's just seeing that incorporation in these watches. The detail. What, yeah, it just makes people fall in love w with them. Um, and by the way, I love that strap. I've never seen yeah so that kind of color strap that that light awesome. brown. It's awesome. Gorgeous. I, it, it is. It is. And I because I didn't want a metal strap. Yeah. I was like, my wrist is small, and I was like, this the metal strap is just not going to be. I don't, I don't find it very comfortable. So I was like, you know, the other aspect of this was that it was a leather strap, so that was just a bonus. Um, Looks good like, on you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a great daily watch too. 
It's a right. Yeah, it's a yeah. casual. It's like nothing. Yeah, like it's, both. It's a great I mean, yeah, you can wear it for so the fancy. wedding, and you can wear it for your casuals. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have a little. I don't know if it's a story, but yeah, it's almost like it. a little saying. Um, my dad actually told me a lot, of, a lot of things I know have come from my dad, which is pretty cool. Um, but he actually told me, you know, you walk into um, someone's house, right? Beautiful. Um, they you come out of their house, they got a beautiful car, right? But you can't bring both of those things into a meeting. You can only bring your watch. So it's it's a way that, you know, a lot of people, they have nice watches because they walk into, let's say, a meeting or a nice dinner and someone sees a watch, they're like, that's a beautiful watch, man. And it's an instant conversation piece because you start talking about the watch and it's an icebreaker. So it's one of those things you can always carry with you and um, talk about. And it's it's almost like a membership amongst men, you know, like uh, something you, you guys, we can all talk about. And, and 100%. Kind of, I totally agree. So essentially, let's sell our cars. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla should get into watches. <laughs> oh, imagine. Imagine. The watch game now has become more expensive to enter at the the qual like at the quality that you know people are wanting for. So, talk about that. What's like what's going on with the watch game? Like, what are you seeing? And what's some advice for someone that wants to get into it but they're not willing to shell out you know ten thousand dollars for a watch? Right. I would first figure out style. What kind of style would you like? Um, from there, you can you can kind of determine the brands you're kind of looking for, um, but there's a lot of brands out there, and there's a lot of brands now that are making really nice watches. So you got you know Oris that's been doing it for a long time, but their price point you know is a little bit more than than usual. But um, for what it is, it's a great price. Um, then you got other watches now, like uh, let's say uh, you got. Even uh, Raymond Weil, you got mm. uh, Breitling, you got all these different watch makers, IWC, um, Omega, you got all these, all these different brands now um, that are innovating um, and making watches a little bit less for the consumer. But if really try to focus on what you're trying to spend, um, stay within that price range. But quality watches now are being made by everybody. So these brands, there's the brands for the people. So what's going on on the upper echelon of prices? Like what's like, can you talk about what's that? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> a lot's going what's on. Go <laughs> yeah. Why, why am I seeing watches for a hundred thousand like, dollars? Yeah. What's going on here? hundred thousand. That's cheap, bro. Uh, I'm seeing uh Jacob and co, uh, watches the Astro. The one that literally yeah. looks like the universe inside of glass. Right. Yep. Uh, for like a million bucks. Yeah. Why? Why are these watches like? Wh well, those are like saying? one of a kind pieces. Those he makes one or two or three, you know, and they they sell for top dollar. You know, he those are art. Those are art. Um, but your your, I wouldn't say middle line luxury, but the ones that a lot of um, people can afford, not like the millions. <laughs> Um, the Rolexes and, and the Breitlings and the Omegas and the APs, you know, those are, are the market's insane. The market is insane. You know, Rolex, it's something that perplexes a lot of people where you see on their website, um, a Rolex goes for $10,000, but you Google it and it's double the price. Yeah. And it's crazy. So how do you get your, how, who do you talk to when you want to get a, like a watch for someone? How do you... I mean, without giving away the secret sauce. Yeah, right? yeah. What's like, what's like your way of getting around that? 
So, because you can't, you can't get a Rolex just ordinarily, right? So, in order to get a Rolex from Rolex, you're gonna have to either know someone and be a customer of a of an authorized dealer to get it for retail. We're talking, um, or you put your name down on a list, and these lists can be years, yeah. like few years, right? Um, but you can get a Rolex any day. But the gray market now has opened up so much because Rolex has held their production um, even to their own ADs. So if you carry Rolex, you might not even have the pieces that they make because they're not they've held they're not sending them to yeah. you. Mm. You know what I mean? And it it makes sense because why would they sell it retail when they can sell a gray market and make double the price? You know what I mean? So it's an artificial market that they made. The gray market now for Rolex is arguably more than, you know, the the regular retail that you could go buy from the store. You know, this, it's this kind of sounds like uh, I don't know whether it's Louis Vuitton or Louis Vuitton or I, I remember somebody scolded me once because I can't tell the difference, but they <laughs> they like burn whatever doesn't sell at the end of the year to to make sure that everything retains its value or when the season's yeah. over. They ensure that everything that you know just not available, so that the prices stay where they are. Stay where they are, exactly. And that I think you're right. I think Louis Vuitton or something like that. Uh, I've heard that. I've yeah, heard that. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. We'll yeah. get we'll get like a lawsuit of like this. <laughs> we of can like, bleep out that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in LSC, so <laughs> we just made it. Uh, we just made it. Oh, congratulations! Right there. there you go. I'm, I'm curious though. What was your first watch? So my first watch was given to me. Again, by my dad. <laughs> the, the best, the best watches are the ones that are given to you. Yep. So they come with a story, like literally out of the box. Exactly. Twenty-one years old. I got a Breitling Crosswind, beautiful watch. And that watch is a couple thousand dollars. And at twenty-one, you know, just starting the jewelry business, it was exciting. It was like really exciting. Um, and dealing with watches, I fell in love with them. I mean, it, it's just like an awe about it. You know, like girls in shoes guys and watches yeah, yeah. you know so um you can argue which one's more expensive of a hobby <laughs> but <laughs> um my second my first watch that i purchased for myself is actually this one okay which so, is which is the rolex gmt master 2 and it's the black ceramic um it's a little bit different than your average one because i switched the bracelet um it usually comes with an oyster bracelet but i switch it to a jubilee so this one you won't find you know, stock anywhere. Um, and they actually discontinued this model, the GMT black. Um, they might bring it back because of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, what, what they, attracted they, you to it? So what attracted me to it was the, the simplicity of the style, the black ceramic, the black dial and the steel. I love that. You know, that color scheme can go with anything. Um, sporty and dressy at the same time, but also, you have your regular Submariner that looks very similar to this, but I loved the GMT dial. So the GMT dial is specific to, you know, pilots and it's got the 24 hour bezel and it just, it, I attracted me more. So I, I love the GMT and now, you know, people might know the GMT as the Pepsi or the Batman. Mm. Those are the most famous GMTs. Um, Explain that, because I, I you mentioned that before we started the podcast, and I don't understand that. Did did like Batman wear it? And so, but it's the color scheme. Okay. So the color scheme of Batman traditionally could be either um, 
black and yellow yeah. or black and blue. So the Pepsi black and blue, uh, sorry, the Batman black and blue um, is is this version and the bezel is half blue, half black. That's why they call it the Batman. Okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and they actually make two versions, the Batman and the Bat Lady, and the Bat Lady is the most new version which comes with the Jubilee. So you'll find this watch, black and blue, and it's called the Bat Batwoman. Mm -hmm. The Batman is my watch, with the with a different bracelet with the blue and black with the stock bracelet with the oyster all right before so. i start a corporate credit card okay and like start <laughs> putting start out, maxing uh, out credit cards <laughs> and trying to get these watches it's yeah, never a bad time to buy rolex i will say that and i and i you know listen i'll probably talk to you you know later it's gonna be my cigar it's gonna be yeah. like you know the thing that like i i always told everyone is that you know some people smoke smoke cigars as like a celebration listen my celebration is like it's got it's got to be something big Okay, I'm not like uh, you know, getting a job isn't enough. <laughs> go all, go actually, all in or yeah. go home. I intentionally home. left my wallet in the car uh, just so <laughs> I wouldn't get. To we take Zelle, Venmo, ah, <laughs> let's, Cash uh, App. <laughs> let's transition to no excuses. I, I want you to explain more about your how your father started the business. Um, so I kind of did like little like some homework from my dad is like listen dad, give me some juice, all right, so I can right. give, you know get some store uh, questions in. So he told me. Your dad started had a stand before the store. Can like so what's what was that like story like? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really exciting story actually. So um, he came from Syria with his family when he was thirteen, you know, and um, they f they fled conflict and it's your it's your classic American dream story where you know as an immigrant they came and they had nothing, and my dad had had started at, at even younger than me. He was around, you know, 19, 20 years old when he started um, in the business. And he had a small booth in the flea market. And the flea market back in Spring Valley um, in, by Nanuet, where the store is now, up the highway was where he started in the flea market. And he had a small booth. And back then in the flea market, you know, we didn't have any, um, you know, online stores or anything yeah. so the flea market was you know you would go and you would shop one day and you would get all your things and i hear so many stories about the flea market because there's still customers that come back today and say oh we used to you know come see your That's dad awesome. in the flea market whatever so yeah it's really cool um, but he started off with one small booth and he made one thing bracelets and that one thing you know would it would it, it exploded you know, everybody would line up for these bracelets. And then from those bracelets, he started doing other jewelry. And, you know, he exploded and, and he was telling me how he went from one booth to two booths and he, he started hiring more and more people. And then from the booths there, he had opened up his own store because he had realized that, you know, the flea market is not an everlasting thing. And literally <laughs> across from, so the flea market is up the highway. He bought his store, first store in Rockland Plaza, which was a mile down the highway mm. in a strip mall. And that was the first store. And then from there, he had built his, his own store um, even across the highway again. So mm. everything was within a couple miles. And he had started from a small booth in the flea market. So he built the store. Built the store himself. Because yeah. I did notice when Larry uh, uh, showed me the store, gorgeous like yeah. from the outside it is we'll, a stunning we'll attach a, a photo to, to this video yeah stunning I, i'm curious what went into that like what 
kind of architecture is that? Like, where did he come up with this this look? Right. So he had a lot of help from my mom. Um, they had they had the Middle Eastern <laughs> kind of. Um, they wanted like a castle look, um, and it, he actually started building it back in two thousand eight. So I don't During know the, the what, recession. What, if yeah, you're recession. familiar with what happened in 2008, but yeah. Um, so from there, you know, it was a huge risk. And at the time, um, for those that might be familiar with the area, but there's actually a mall behind where my dad built the store and was building the store and the mall was closed. So he took a huge risk with the mall being closed to, to build right there. And now if you go there, it's the shops in Nuet. So they actually rebuilt the whole entire place. So it was, it paid off. But, um, the design of the store came a lot from my mom and the middle Eastern background that we had. And we just wanted it to stick out and be like a staple in the town. Um, so thank God it, it's, you know, something that came out really nice and, you know, if anybody wants to come by, check it out. I'm always there. <laughs> Speaking of coming by and checking out, Larry actually told me about, um, who was it real, real, Housewives, Housewives of yeah. So oh, yeah. if you go to the Is website, they or? have the video on their homepage. So like, out? <laughs> How <laughs> yeah. did that happen? Where? Yeah. <laughs> so m my best friends actually today, Joey and Victoria, mm. um, they were on the show, and their their parents were on the show. And um, back when we were kids, um, my my family, my dad and my mom had had met their parents and uh, through mutual friends and. You know they got close and um at that time they were shooting the show so um everything kind of like came together and my dad had built the store so um they came and did a did a shoot uh of the store one day and it was it was actually really cool um nice exposure and they're they're great people and it's it was an awesome thing to see you know when i finally grew up and saw you know the video it was it was awesome so um they're still to this day good friends and it it was it was a really cool experience to to be on tv i mean who who uh who's on tv like that yeah. like uh, with a jewelry store like that it's, it's very cool so um it was a really cool opportunity hopefully a lot more in the future 100 <laughs> percent. i mean it the whole story and like even connecting like now moving up to the like situations like that it just goes to prove that you don't need you know specific things in life to like get you to that you know to that level your father was making bracelets right I mean? exactly so you know there wasn't like you know, the kids who want the mba you know i can't start a business without my uh you know you know certain educations while that may be you know helpful i mean you he grinded and it's a beautiful story i i mean i i myself i can i i see i know i know what the grind uh looks like and you know it's, it's so impressive to see it in others as well it's it's beautiful Thanks, Ben. If it feels like the the people who start off with nothing are the ones that end up with everything, because you're just Hopefully. they have the there's hunger. This, there's this yeah, there's this hunger and motivation that comes yeah when you when you have nothing and and all their the only direction that's available is going up. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I mean, this is the best country in the world, and it's it's a true story of the American dream. I mean, you got hard people all around the world that are just in unfortunate situations. And he was lucky enough to, to come here and, and, you know, you work hard, you'll make it, you know, and that's, that's what's awesome about being here. You know, just, I believe in the same thing. You work hard, you're going to make it. So you guys are going to make it. This show's going to make it. You guys work <laughs> hard. You're good people. So, you know, it's, 
I truly oh. believe in those things. Now and you put the pressure on us. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> you guys heard that? <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's gonna happen. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm a firm believer in when you put something into the universe um the universe will find a way into to making things happen yeah it's not a matter of if you'll succeed if you continue to work hard it's a matter of when you'll succeed um drop the mic exactly uh, <laughs> that was good i like that um but so going back to to the business because business is like this amazing thing where you know, there are so many different paths to, su to success. And so you're in a position right now where you have a good uh, stance or you have a good position in, in making Mamari, then, you know, taking it from where it is right now to the next step. What's, what's, what's in that plan? What, what are you trying to accomplish right now to bring Mamari Jewelry? Is it Mamari Jewelers? Mamari Jewelers, yep to the next phase of, of business. Got the logo got, right here. Got the hoodie right <laughs> there. So phase one is create hoodies. Well, that is that is a big phase, marketing. Are, are you guys ever planning on actually starting a, a watch line? So I actually had done that myself. Okay. Back in the entrepreneurship program back in Montclair State, I, I had done that. Um, I had done it with a couple friends. We, we got an order of like 500 watches, sold all of them. So it was a good project, but to start the watch, you know, collection, it's a lot of money. It it's a lot a of money. A ton of capital. A ton of capital. So we, we stopped that. I figured, let's just sell what we got in the store first, and then I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of but, worried me there. Yeah. Uh, me and a friend are, are actually starting a, a watch uh, a watch company. Really? Yeah. Um, I was actually telling Larry this uh, like a week ago or something. I want you we to actually... shut his dreams down. Okay? <laughs> no, dude. You're but... close. We Let started, me know. We, we made a, a prototype uh, like a week ago, and the the whole basis is, like I said, aviation geek. Yeah. Um, my first instance was put a jet turbine fan inside of a, a watch case. Wow. And so I have this awesome friend who uh, is an is a is a designer, is a, a industrial engineer or industrial designer, and he's already come up with like these amazing drawings and and. Designs and he actually used to work for a, a watch manufacturer. Dude, that's awesome. Um, but now that I, I hear it's going to take a lot of capital. Uh, no, listen, <laughs> capital. Back to your initial question is changing nowadays because we always think about capital as money, right? But there's a different capital. You got Instagram now, and back to what I'm trying to do. You make your watches, right? You, instead of spending you know, the money to advertise it, hit up all your friends, get all your friends to wear it. And then their friends start wearing it. And then that's, that's capital right there. That's, that's a different type of capital. That's, that's your friends. That's your base. That's, that's your immediate circle. So that's, that's something that's huge. A lot of people now are shifting towards is building their empires or their businesses through social media like that you know, rather than doing the traditional way of just marketing something, yeah. you know, that's a different type of marketing. So get all your boys to wear. I'll wear one. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. I'm going to, I'm going to send one to you and yeah. uh, one to Larry. Larry, you're going to have to put the Oris just wait for a couple yeah. of days. I'm going to look at both and, and I'm going to make decide. a, I'm going to make a decision. Okay. okay? Right. I can't guarantee you anything. Right. Well, that's a huge compliment <laughs> if he puts the Oris down and wears yours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of marketing, yeah, because uh, that's actually the business that I'm trying to grow. Um, this the studio we're actually in is is for a marketing agency uh, that we started, 
and we've seen significant growth. Beautiful studio, by the way. Th- we're trying over here with what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't even expand. know which camera to look at. <laughs> <laughs> this one's, this one's your shot directly. The middle. The middle. The middle. All right. Yeah, that's your camera. There this is my go. good side. So <laughs> um, Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no worries. So we're we're seeing a, a crazy shift in marketing. Like exactly li- like you said, Instagram yeah. is ridiculous right now. Right. Um, TikTok. Crazy. Wild. These algorithms can make somebody from nothing to, uh, you something. know, something <laughs> like Charlie D'Amelio, bro. Do you know who that is? I've heard of her. Okay. Right. This girl her? Is, is, yeah, her. <laughs> she's doing, she's doing business really right. Like this girl's extremely young, um, uh, became a TikTok star. She's got a ton of money now. She's extremely successful. She's branching out to other, uh, revenue streams because she's, intelligent right because right. eventually tiktok is one day going to plummet so she's using taking advantage of the tiktok platform to grow other platforms and so we're starting to see a lot of youtubers who are doing advertising and sponsorships and things like that have you ever like considered anything like that have you seen any success with anything like that i have yeah i mean it's proven right i mean all these people are are gaining all these followers and and making you know a killing yeah. right they're doing well I find con- myself conflicted on the inside because I do know that it's necessary for business, but I'm not necessarily like that. So I'm in a position where, you know, I want to be as genuine as possible and and market my product, but I don't want to do it in a way where I kind of turn into someone I'm not. Mm. So I, I kind of learned from my dad where you want to just be true to yourself and it'll work out. So if you feel comfortable doing that, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or whatever you find your niche in, by all means do it 100%. But I love this. I love talking about things. I love, you know, the education aspect of it. Um so I will do that every day of the week whenever you want me to come. But I won't. I won't go on TikTok and dance. <laughs> you, you gotta do these dances, Ronnie. I mean, I just can't, man. <laughs> we gotta get Larry to to do a dance too. I'll belly dance for your, uh, but you gotta give me some. Uh, you as know, you can tell, I got. First off, you need a belly in order to. Belly dance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's something I would like to see. I just don't know if I would unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> he actually just got back from Egypt. I do. So if anything, nice you, you should know belly dancing very well right now. Would uh, you like uh, to give our viewers a little bit of a sneak peek? The thing is, no one wanted to see a belly dancer with a mask on. So I think uh, <laughs> I think they were uh, they were out of commission for uh, for some time now. <laughs> nah, Egypt was beautiful, right? Gorgeous. It, Gorgeous. I, one day, we're going to not do it here. We're going to all go over there for, for, a, like a, for a part two interview, I think. For uh, a podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so down. Right, right in the middle of the Nile. Have you, have you ever seen like what's, what's the craziest watch you've ever seen on a celebrity, or is there like this, this, this watch that you hold near and dear that you know that's the goal, and once you get that watch, once you acquire it, you're like, hey, I made it. Uh yeah. I mean, there's a couple watches on my list. There's always watches on the list. You know, you always gotta have a few that you're striving for. Um, the sky dweller is my favorite. Ooh. The sky dweller. I don't that's, know if you guys know what the sky dweller yeah. looks like. It yeah. just sounds, it sounds like it's speaking. It sounds you know, cool. Right. Sky dweller. Yeah, right. <laughs> sky dweller. But <laughs> like dwelling the sky. Exactly. No, it's 
dude, it's a beautiful watch. If nobody knows what it looks like, Google it. Yeah. Um, the color scheme that I would probably go for is like either a crisp, crisp white dial with stainless steel, all stainless steel. Casey knows my girlfriend that I want that for my wedding. So if she watches this, <laughs> Casey, we need, we need you to go to Mamari Jewelers to fund yeah. Rami's watch purchase. That's that's the problem. Who she go to for the watch for? You know, she's got to talk oh, to my dad. Because you're probably the one that's gonna offer the discount. Yeah, you know, she's gonna have to pay double the price. Right? <laughs> what? What? Before we cut off, you were about to ask something. No. 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 Continue. Okay. Cool. I remember. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the type of watch where you're like, "Hey, this is probably going to cost as much as the wedding." Uh, it's not that much, but how, it's how, it's a what's lot. What's the range? It's like close to the twenties. Oh, okay, that's not horrible. No, it's not I was horrible. Expecting but... like fifties. Yeah. I mean, not like most weddings cost fifty. Yeah, know, just... I mean, I definitely got some fifty thousand dollars watches I'm looking at, but not looking at them when again. Get them please soon, go to Mamari but... Jewelers. <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the APs and stuff, solid gold APs and Pateks, Philippe's, you know, those those watches are easily, easily you know, that. You know who, okay, I know I said Larry actually got me into watches, but even before then, there was a slight interest over uh, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Mm. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Kevin O'Leary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his red band. I don't know if you guys know about yeah, this, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Red band. it's gotten, he, he, no matter what watch he wears, it's got a red band on it. Really? It's either alligator skin or hmm. leather. They make or it custom for him, like because he wants he he like wants like a unique like flair to his watches. So when he wears it on the show, you'll notice it's always a red band when he's so, on the show. Yeah. So going off of that, he actually wore it for the pilot episode or like the first episode of Shark Tank, something like that, right? And then ever since that, because for some reason there was so much hype over it, and so many people were commentating on it. Yeah. And, and things like that. The producers actually added in his contract with Shark Tank that he has to wear a watch with a red band. <laughs> Marketing, man. Marketing, right? I, it's, it's what it is. I totally agree. It's it's what it is. I mean, it's why is he wearing a red band? The fact that we were talking about the red band is is we just gave is, we, we just <laughs> give free promotion. Yeah. See, listen, we got to get red bands or something. Here. Seriously, <laughs> I after all this talk in this episode if we're not sponsored by at least like five companies <laughs> dude we need to we need to stop doing this definitely not by louvuitton uh, or louis i don't know yeah. we have no idea yeah oh my god but, no but uh, sorry go ahead no no no. that's it's it's really interesting right i mean psychologically that's what you think about it's the smallest thing but you you start to talk about it and then it becomes a thing it's really interesting was there ever a crazy instance where a watch really came in clutch for a conversation? Whether it's networking, whether it's you know just getting your your foot in a door for something. Always, dude. Always. Let, let, I want to hear a story. Always. Or, do you have a story off the top of your head, or? I I have a couple stories. Let's yeah. So like, I'll literally not be in work mode. I'm I'm out. So we used to go to this place called Lavo, and Lavo is in the city. It's a. Um, it's a restaurant slash nightclub. And on Sunday night, you show up 9, 9.30 at night and you have a nice dinner and they have theme nights and then the lights go down at 11 and it turns into a party. They take the cloth off the table and you stand on the table and you dance and it's really, really- Yeah, a party? What, what uh, is that? Is that the thing that they used to have before the pandemic or? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember those. I forget how to spell it sometimes, yeah, right? but <laughs> but um, I've, been, I've been there 
right? And I'm in full party mode. And someone from across the room will come up to me and be like, dude, that's a nice watch. I'll be like, thank you. And then he'd be like, where are you from? I mean, I'm, I'm from, you know, Nanuet area. And, oh, dope. Like, what do you do? I'm a jeweler. Oh, sweet. Uh, I've been looking at watches like so-and-so. And it just leads into a conversation just because the guy across the room saw the watch on me. So multiple occasions, it, it brings people together, you know, talking, you know, and it also leads to business. But it's beautiful where you're coming from because you're coming from a business that like literally hits all like, you know, like everyone is going to need jewelry at some point in their life. Right. So like if I wear my like whatever, wear the nicest Oris ever right? and someone's coming up to me, what do you do? Programmer. <laughs> so long, nerd. <laughs> it's like it's it's beautiful where you're coming from because it's literally an instant gateway to what you do. Yeah. So I, it's it's it makes total sense as to why you put such an emphasis on yeah. like, you know, what you wear because it matters. Right. And that's how people can attract. Who's going to buy from a <laughs> from a jeweler that's like, you know, that's not dressing in style. Right. 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 It's, you're only going to attract those who are watch people, too, because nobody's going to notice the watch unless they're a watch person. Exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, depending on how big it is, uh, maybe a non watch person will see something really shiny and be like, ooh, yeah. you know, what, what is that? But exactly what Larry is saying, you've got people who uh, are, are watch people who, you know, love watches and they see this on your hand and you're a provider of watches. So yeah, this, man. it's a perfect relationship. It's it's just comes together nicely. It's it's a good it's a good feeling. I mean, um, the business itself is more just like a happy occasion business. You know, people are buying watches for weddings or for gifts and, you know, come people come in for rings and it's they're getting married and engaged and the business itself is happy. It's not some some points are sad, I guess, but mm -hmm. most of it is happy, you yeah. know? So it's it's very much a business I love. You it's know? actually really, I, I've never thought of it like that. Like yeah. it, it, it really is a happy business. It's like a happy nobody, business. Nobody goes to the jeweler like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. unless you're selling, you know, unfortunately your things yeah, or, you yeah. know, you break up and you have to sell it. But yeah, it's 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 a huge factor in, in what people don't realize, like what they want to do for the rest of their lives. Like you want to wake up and, and do this every day. Like you want it to be happy. You want to help people. Similar to how people feel like the restaurant business, like, you know, who's coming into the restaurant and be like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless you're going there like single, like uh, yeah. or, or their date stood stood you yeah. up or something. But yeah. uh, speaking of, uh, you were mentioning nightclubs before. So speaking of something that happens all the time now. So what? How did the? What was like 2020 like at the business? Like how did you have to pivot? Um, how did like Corona essentially like hit you guys? So back when this happened in March, right? I mean, it affected everybody. Like shut down, total fear. Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. We were closed for like a month and a half, two months. And it was really scary. Like everybody was terrified. Um, we slowly started to do like appointments. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a, a big enough store where, you know, you can come in and have plenty of space. Capacity is pretty decent. Yeah, you can have plenty of space. If we have a couple people in the store, you're on one end, you know, another customer is on the other. So we're doing appointments and it, it was going pretty well. There's a lot of people that wanted to come in for past orders or even just for future orders, like weddings were still that's guess, what I was scheduled to happen. Yeah. You know, weddings weren't happening. So I was concerned about that. You weddings know, weren't happening, but people still were buying, like assuming that this was hopefully going to be over relatively soon because don't forget May, June, like this was almost gone. 
Yeah. Right. Like people were almost back to normal. Yeah. Um, so we fully opened up in May and as far as pivoting, thank God we didn't have to pivot too much because we had a pretty strong online presence. So anyone who wanted to reach us would reach mm. us through our website or reach us through email. Um, but I saw firsthand a lot of people that weren't like, uh, very much social media savvy or weren't giving their customers an opportunity to reach out. They were damaged pretty, pretty roughly, you know? Um, but we were lucky enough where we actually got busy at one point in May, June, like people were coming in because they haven't been in, in a couple of months. So it was very surprising. Well, cause um, I think people saw that similarly to restaurants in the sense where like when restaurants didn't pivot, they just, they fell off, but the restaurants right. that did pivot, they, they did so well and they got insanely busy. I go to Ridgewood sometimes and it's just, just packed some restaurants. You guys did, you know, stood strong like through it. And you're saying like, you're getting busy cause you're out, you're, you're making it better than, you know, competition that, you know, couldn't pivot as well. They didn't have maybe the social media presence, like you're saying. Um, and so that's a testament to, to you and, and the business itself. And that's amazing to hear. Right. Thank God. And, and again, I've mentioned my dad a lot through this, right. And he is a very wise person. And sometimes you just have to sit back and, and respect, remember, respect greatness. Yeah. He has thought of all this 15 years ago because he knew if he was in that flea market or in that strip mall, he would be controlled by someone else. So he knew his ultimate destiny was to build his own store mm -hmm. under his own supervision because he knew, God forbid, any situation, nobody can tell him what to do. He took the control into his own hands. In his own hands. Yeah. So thank God when this pandemic hit, you know, nobody could tell us, you know, you can't have anyone in your store because we were our own store. And mm -hmm. we put up, we did all the safeguards. We had the plastic, we had the sanitizer, we had the masks, we had the soldiers distancing. But there's people down the street, you know, controlled by the mall that weren't, couldn't even open. Yeah. And so, I was, yeah, actually I was going to literally tag along that. I've, I've been in your store during the pandemic and you guys are taking it very seriously. I even saw yeah. that you had a whole basket of masks that you're giving yeah. out to people. So you guys are taking it super seriously and you're helping out anyone uh, to make sure that, it, you know, it's no, all safe. And you safe. have to be safe, man. I mean, it doesn't hurt to be safe. And as long as everyone feels comfortable and doesn't, doesn't hurt, you know? Totally I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, what the competition is like in that industry, in the jewelry industry. Is it more of a, a, com a camaraderie ship where, you know, jewelers are looking out for one another? Or is it more like a cutthroat competition? <laughs> yeah. Is it a, is it a blood uh, bloodbath or mm -hmm. is it, you it, know? It's a, it's a bloodbath if you want to make it a bloodbath. Okay. So it's very much in our area, like amongst the jewelers that I know, camaraderie because most of my family's in the business. So I got my dad's brother and my dad's sister. So my aunt and uncle are both jewelers. My uncle has been a diamond dealer on 47th street for 40 years. Everybody knows him up and down the street, walking down the street with them. It's like a low, like a celebrity, like Bassam, Bassam, Hey, Bassam. So he's also one of my role models, like very, very good, good person. And, um, people in the business generally want to help each other. Um, but then you have the other side of the business, the shady side, but that's with every industry. Mm -hmm. Um, but in general it's camaraderie and 
like I said, it's it's very competitive, um, but it's something where, you know, it's a service-based industry. So if you compete with somebody and you're trying to hurt the other person, you know, it's you're wasting your own energy trying to, you're focusing on them, right? So you put the blinders on, you just do what you can do and you focus on your thing. If you worry about the competition, you're gonna go crazy, right? So you just do your thing, you do the right thing, you'll be successful. Um, and you do the, you know, other jewelers in the area, we're at, we actually are friends with them. So there's no, um, there's no harsh feelings or hard feelings between us, you know? Everyone's gotta eat, everyone's gotta do their own business, you know? That's that's actually amazing to hear. Yeah, because <laughs> some some businesses are way uglier than others, and you know the fact that like you know you guys are looking out for each other, that's solid. I I know you guys make your own pieces. Why don't you talk about like how you, like what made you get into the pieces that you're creating now? Yeah, so I'm actually really excited for the future. So the way that our business is is we have most of the stuff in house. So we have the jeweler and the setter in house. So we make pieces and we set stones all in the store. Now, um, we are actually gonna be purchasing a new mach new machinery to allow us to do even more. So we got, we're gonna purchase a laser machine, we're gonna do name plates and stuff, custom pieces, cause that's what's really in right now, it's the custom pieces. And fashion, it just turns around so quickly. So with this technology, you know, you can keep up. You know, it's, you're not waiting on a third party to right. get this stuff done for you. Exactly. So it's it's something that I look really forward to as, you know, an advantage, but also you're bringing things in house, you're, you get to manage the quality. So mm -hmm. service and quality is what makes us different because you could buy, you know, anything anywhere, but it's about the service you're gonna get and it's about the quality you're gonna get. That's what sets us apart. You know, you come in, you have a coffee. Hey, how's it going? How are the kids, you know, everything. How's business, you know? So it's a, it's really an atmosphere where it's community. You, you know? definitely don't, you definitely like, the. it's like the, the order is like, you know. The last yeah, thing. Yeah, the last thing you yeah. talk about when someone comes in. He comes in, he's like immediately, he's like, you know, you know, what do you need, you know? I like a, And how's your day and everything like that. Rami's always like a great, like, uh, <laughs> a oh, guy thanks. at the front door. So, it, Thank no, you. but that's, that's uh, no, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> the, the pieces are really interesting. The, I mean, the, when it comes to the, like the technology that you can utilize in the jewelry store, I don't know, stuff like 3D printers, is that even like helping out that jewelry industry or it's kind of like still too far out? No, 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 it's huge. 3D printing huge, is big for the jewelry huge. industry. Yeah, because so back when, right, back let's say in the flea market, back when things were being made the old way, they would start with a block of wax and a jeweler would literally by hand with a file shave something down and then from that end piece of wax it would be melted and casted into whichever metal you wanted to mm. do and then polished and then stones would be set if it had stones. You would have to have like a master. It was art. Yeah. It still is art, but it, the back then it was art. Now you could take waxes, you could print waxes from 3D printers and then just cast from there. Mm. So th now, you know, you kind of take that hand craftsmanship out with a cleaner finish, but the hand craftsmanship comes after the fact too, with the setting and the polishing. So that stuff is very. So important. it's not all made by like a machine. You're no, still have, having that, you know, You've that, that you human still you still need that human element to finish the product. But a lot of the stuff now can be three D printed. 
Um, now there's certain techniques that work better than others for certain pieces. Mm. So I'll give you a couple examples. One, a ring, an engagement ring, you would probably want to 3d that ring because there's intricate designs and you need to factor in the sizes of the stones and the center diamond and all that stuff and the finger size. So a 3d would work perfectly in that scenario. But another scenario, if you want to do a custom nameplate for your girl, right? you would want to actually get a laser machine and cut that out of a gold plate so that it comes nice and crisp. If you cast that, it's not going to come out clean. You know, there's a lot, there's too many fine details in a plate, so it won't come out clean. So you're expanding your customization ability and your final product is becoming more refined because of the technology exactly. that you're adding into. Exactly. No, that's cool. So what, is that the bottleneck of the business, the handcraftship of like, yeah. of the jewelry? I think the bottleneck of the business 100% is, is, is craftsmanship and quality and and also the price. I mean, if, if you're getting something of quality and you feel like, you know, it's either too cheap to be real or it's either way too expensive to be fair, then you're probably getting screwed, you know? And we are very much transparent about what you're buying. You know, you're buying gold and you're buying it for a certain weight. There's a certain price for that piece. Um, so if you, you need to feel comfortable where you're buying it. And from someone who is actually looking to make a relationship with you rather than just, you know, make a sale and then, you know, never see you again, which, you know, happens a lot, you know, other places like shady places. So mm, yeah, when your name's on the wall, you can't really screw around. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty good point. No. So it, it seems like you guys are, are going about your business with a, a, a lot of pride and dignity, which is something which is really good because a lot of people, you know, uh, don't prioritize that dignity where they're like, hey, the, a buck is a buck. You know, whether I get it or not, how I get it, the means of getting it, all that matters is I get it. And so right. I have a ton of respect for for this methodology of, of prioritizing, you know, the customer, the service, uh, all that. And I, I really like what Larry said, how you guys make it feel like the order or what you're, you've gone into the store to purchase is the last thing on, on the conversation list. Yeah, man. It's, it's super special because it's something that we build. We, we find that building a relationship and long-term customer is how we've survived. We don't try to, you know, get you for every transaction. We, know in good faith if we do right by you you'll be back for the next thing and that's really what's propped us up all these years so yeah try to make a business off uh <laughs> screwing someone yeah, that, that'll, that'll really gonna, get you far it's not gonna last <laughs> long. it's not great it's not gonna last long at all yeah we make pretty good coffee too we were so. talking about crypto <laughs> I, I can attest to that you, you, we were talking about crypto before the the show you accepting crypto i'm along for the ride i'm along for the ride um I don't know if I accept it because I don't fully understand it. Mm. I, I don't mean, think anybody does. I don't fully understand <laughs> you know, what's going I, on. I, I've been trying <laughs> to learn blockchain yeah. and under, just grasp the idea. I, I still can't. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about Dogecoin before, right? Doge? We talking about dog, dog, Snoop yeah. Dogg coin I now? <laughs> I think it's Dogecoin, but the meme is dog. Like they, they yeah. put an image of a dog over it. I think it. I saw today too Snoop just changed his last name from Snoop Dogg to Snoop Doge or something. Snoop we're gonna have to confirm that. Snoop, was it Snoop Dogg? He, I thought he went to Snoop Blind, but now he's Snoop Doge. I think so. You're joking. I I can we can try to confirm that, but 
Um, he's I'm definitely sure invested, it's and he's trying to use this as a stunt <laughs> yeah. to try to get people to invest in it or whatever the case is. So I'm yeah. not going to be able to get a ring with Doge. Yeah, not yet. I don't know, man. Don't buy Doge, okay? For the people that are watching <laughs> this, buy like a buy something that actually makes more sense. Tesla, Bitcoin, at least. Tesla. Larry and I are very, very large advocates of Tesla. So, uh, dude, Tesla. Gonna... I mean, listen, the Kramer effect. We were talking about that yeah. too. Just the psychological effect when people start talking about something that it skyrockets. But Tesla's doing some pretty incredible stuff. They're they're investing in the future. Well, your Kramer effect is like through social media in some sense where you want to give it to someone who's like, you know, millions of followers to wear a piece of yours. Are, is that like a strategy you've been implementing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. When It's just natural. It's human psychology. When you see someone that you idolize wearing something, you're like, damn, I want that. Yeah. And then when you have it, you're like, yeah, you know, I got it. Like you feel good about yourself. So the psychological aspect of the business now is, has changed towards that, you know, along with other things i mean the stock market's just everyone's getting into the stock market now since covid has come and everyone's home robin hood stimulus checks you know <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy stimulus checks i didn't get one but me neither i paid for it yeah i mean taxes well <laughs> we're all gonna be paying for it too yeah, right? don't forget a lot of people uh, don't know that uh, but that probably helped businesses. Um, people got some extra cash. Who knows? Yeah. They probably made some purchases. It probably that, so. uh, prevented the the economy from completely, yeah. you know, just just falling apart. I heard something interesting too, though. Like some people are doing worse, and it's really unfortunate. But other people too. Now, if you could do your job from home, you're paying less as far as expenses like traveling and and going out. So like more people have, I guess, dis disposable income. Yeah. So you're not going away on vacation so you know they're coming to the jewelry store and buying things like that they're so. not paying for gas they're not paying for yeah. cars they're yeah a ton of people are and it was power to mobility like you like people you know where i like my work is software engineering and people are going to texas people are going to like you know these other states because like why why <laughs> why do i need to stay where i am i could yeah. work from anywhere yeah, you from, you oh, yeah. yourself were mentioning that you might you were considering going back to egypt to work from there. I, I'm really considering working for like uh, working from home there for like a month. I don't know. It's, it's, it was a ton of fun. It's very possible. It's just you, a seven hour difference. It's really the dagger. But, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. It's worth the it's worth the sea view. <laughs> Why not, though? Why not? I mean, now is the time to kind of like travel, but in a safe way. I mean, me and my friends are all talking about, you know, how it sucks that we can't go away this summer, but we get to explore the U.S. Yeah. All this beautiful all these beautiful places in the US we you know we can travel to now I mean that we would probably never have gone to yeah so everybody's so caught up with getting out of the US that we realize or we forget to realize that hey there's there's a lot of beauty in, yeah. in this country there's a Grand Canyon there's the national parks there's so a much a lot to of really see. cool stuff man a lot yeah. of really cool what's stuff what's like you're looking forward to like what do you what's like coming up in your eyes uh, you know you're really hoping for post pandemic yeah what, post pandemic what? yeah what's i don't on your know plans? man i'm hearing a lot of stuff about like a boom coming because there were a lot of people like what kind of boom talking about how it's they're relating this to like the boom in the, the 1920s they're saying yeah. this is, could be like the roaring the 20s. roaring 20s like people have been cooped up for so long when things open up they're opening up Ooh, so I'd, that's I'd, what i heard but I'd be behind that. yeah man i mean also they might be excusing people's student loan debt or something like federal that. loans. Yeah, federal I loans. heard. Yeah, yeah so that would definitely really help the boom. About that. <laughs> <laughs> really excited about that. Really excited. That would help the boom a lot. I mean, listen, so, yeah, anything helps. Listen, yeah. Right. Uh, 
totally agree. That's 10K you could put into a Rolex. Rolex, I was just about to say. There you go. Larry, Larry, we're about to get the shaft after this episode is done. Or Dogecoin. I mean, there's so many things we could we could this? tie well, it back look, to. Are you invested in Dogecoin? No. Okay. So he's I should get into some meme today. stocks just for like play money. Don't get into any crap yeah. stocks or currencies. We don't endorse this <laughs> at all. And talk to a financial advisor. I think there's some legality things. Yeah. Please Absolutely. Do, do not take our legal <laughs> our financial advice. We are advice. not legal uh 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 Service providers. Yeah, yeah. Put a little disclaimer right here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, Rami, I've learned a ton from you. This was such a good conversation. Larry, I think this... this it deserves tops. a part two. I think... Uh, yeah, man. You this, know. this tops one, uh, I think, uh, our episode so far. Not not just from the content stand, uh, standpoint, but, I mean, for everybody watching, Larry and I, you know, we're, we're learning as, as this goes, too. I mean, uh, there's a lot that goes into being a good host. Um, and I think we're great hosts. You guys are great hosts. Uh, we're trying. We're trying. I, I <laughs> we're gonna put your that. quote like on the on the like social media is like you know quote from our yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's our first review there yeah you go. boom yeah there you go. um but thank you so much for having us on uh, thank for, you guys for being on what um, a closure we learned a ton yeah I'm, I'm, like I said we're trying over here <laughs> nah you guys are doing great because it's real it's real stuff you know you're you're being genuine. And, and we're also taking this, when we started this podcast, we took it as Larry and I are both extremely open-minded individuals and we want to learn as much as possible. And we like to retain information. So, I mean, we, we've gotten a, a nice, you know, scratch of the surface of, of your industry and, and a lot from you. And this is definitely not the only part. There will definitely be a part two. Um, hopefully when the snow goes away, yeah. that way we can find better parking. Better parking, exactly. <laughs> What's yeah. uh, like, you know, What's how are people can reach out to you? Like, how can they find Mamari? Like, talk about like you know how they can reach out to you. So you guys can easily find us on the website, the Instagram, mamarijewelers.com or at mamarijewelers, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, you know, come visit the store. Even I mean, there's there's plenty of ways to reach us. You know, uh, via social media. Um, you could always give me a call at the store. I'm usually always there. And, uh, you know, I'd love to help anyone looking for any type of jewelry, watches, rings, all that stuff, you know, um, because I love doing it. I love helping people, you know, again, find happy, uh, happy uh, gifts for happy occasions. Do you have any like deals that are going on that people can like take advantage of? Yeah, man, always deals, always deals. (laughs) That's that's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. Always deals. Especially going into jewelry. um, I love talking to a person instead of going on the website because now you're like, hey. You know, you get to see the jewelry in person. You get to talk to the salesperson. You negotiate because yeah. you know we're Egyptians. And well, <laughs> negotiating is is a huge part of the business, I guess. <laughs> that that actually opens up another question. So, now, <laughs> but but tell us what what promos are going on and and deals do you have going? So on? promos in general, like we we have you know nice promos on watches all the time. You know, fifteen percent off. We carry Michelle, Oris, uh, Raymond Wild, Movado. Uh, Bulova, uh, Victorinox Swiss Army, all those watch brands. We also carry a couple um, designer brands like Allure, Chariol, um, and we have a ton of our own stuff too. So the promotions uh, vary from time to time, but we'll always take care of whoever comes in. But there's also a really, really cool promotion for people who are getting married. Uh, we're giving a free ring with the purchase of a precious metal ring. So it's really cool when people because guys don't really want to wear like a nice ring every day um but they got that free one that they could wear to the gym and they have something nicer they could wear when they get married and stuff that's so, that's amazing that's yeah. genius yeah 
It's but, really cool. Yeah. And lifetime warranties on both, which is pretty sweet. Can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yeah. again for being on. We really had a ton of fun. And for our listeners and our viewers, um, you guys know where to find us. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Apple. We're on YouTube. Uh, the Anomaly Talk podcast. We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Larry, Stop, say man. one more word and lead us out. Peace.